Are you troubled by strange podcasts in the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement, attic, car, walk to work, public transportation system? Have you or your family actually seen a podcaster, a netcaster, a YouTuber, or anything of the sort? If the answer is yes, don't wait another minute. Just pick up the phone and call the professionals. Call the Podbusters. We're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yar! It's a spoiler cast! everybody and welcome back oh man oh man i can't believe we're back here again another week another spoiler city we're talking about not one that came out at the end of the year but one that came out a little earlier in 2021 ghostbusters afterlife but i cannot do it alone miles how are you i am doing well um but it, it did come out towards the end of the year it was november Oh, it was originally supposed to be summer and they pushed it back, wasn't it? Yeah, they pushed it back. (laughs) It came out in November um, because that was what I did on my Thanksgiving break. Um, Well, not Thanksgiving break, but, you know, what I did when I was off. Um, Yeah, so Ghostbusters is or has become a, a, a franchise with a somewhat problematic history now uh, because of the... Just absolute poor handling of the 2016 film by the certain group of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what? No, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I am one who really likes the 2016 film. I think it's a lot of fun. I do think there are some valid criticisms about possibly how they fit the narrative in. And I, I understand that that comes from a, a legitimate place. And I am. I was I was a little I was torn when when Ghostbusters Afterlife or the concept of Ghostbusters Afterlife was announced because the fan of me, yeah, kind of wanted to get back into the, the original timeline. But, you know, the person who exists in, you know, 2021 uh is also like well yeah maybe not the best message you're sending to folks <laughs> <laughs> but i i do know that that there has been an active attempt to make a third ghostbusters film for literal decades yeah and i mean the close the closest that we got was when the cast participated in the ghostbusters game on which is essentially a Ghostbusters three. That story is really, really decent. And there are elements of utilizing some of it in this film. And they do. Uh, the the cast all portrayed their characters in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they all portray the characters and Harold Ramis, I mean, tried for honestly like 20 years to get a third Ghostbusters made and, and had a script ready until he passed in February 2014. And so when when he passed, a lot of people kind of assumed, well, that's the end of the, the Ghostbusters timeline as we know it. And so enter 
uh, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's, uh, Reitman's son, uh, who helped conceive and directed uh, this, I, I guess you'd call it the third Ghostbusters movie, um, fourth actual Ghostbusters movie, but the third in the original Ghostbusters story canon. And Drew, this is not a movie you saw before before this challenge, correct? Uh, correct. I, I watched it literally three days ago. OK, um, so this this is a movie that that I have low key like, I mean, I'm always so excited for anything Ghostbusters. So, I mean, even with my reservations about, you know, the the social stuff around, you know, maybe some of the messages that were being sent. Uh, the other half of me was like so excited to anything Ghostbusters, you know, like I said, I love the 2016 movie. I think it's a blast. But like also getting just more Ghostbuster stuff. I'm pretty, pretty happy. And we enter this movie. Uh, Drew, I know you like doing a kind of a little little pre pre spoiler section. Um, so do you want to do, do you have anything you want to kind of start off with in terms of a spoiler free discussion? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, so this movie is very much I can't speak to the 2016 movie because I have never seen it. Um, but it is definitely 100,000% better than Ghostbusters 2. So know that. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking about uh, the superior Ghostbusters movie. Please, please, please don't ever say those words again like that. That's just. That's, yeah, that's... We, we have been on this show and, and we talked about how much I love Ghostbusters 2, so I don't I don't want to hear it. Uh. <laughs> I I adore Ghostbusters too. So uh, when we were talking about the Matrix Resurrections, yes, I did it right this time. Um, last yes, you week, did. Uh, I, I I mentioned how it felt like a the PG thirteen TV series pilot for a a movie, and how when that is, uh, when that is is, is for something like the Matrix. That is a bad thing. But when it is something like Ghostbusters, I think it's a very good thing. I think this movie works really well. Uh, and I am excited to to talk about it because there's a lot. I'm to excited to hear that. Like, So I, I sorry to interrupt you, Drew. Drew has has not mentioned any of his feelings about this movie to me prior to recording tonight. So I I'm hearing Drew's opinions about this movie for the very first time. We haven't talked about it at all prior and so I'm I'm just to at least see to, or hear that you've come out fairly positive about it. So there's something that that you may or may not know about me, Miles, and I don't know. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about it over our, our decades of friendship at this point. But um, when I was a kid, one of the first shows that I associated with uh, back in the day uh, was uh, was so I, I, of course, watched Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. uh, but I never had Ninja Turtles toys. I, of course, watched the 60s mm. Batman series and I had Batman action figures and things like that. But some of the toys that I collected most that were my most favorites were toys from Ghostbusters, the animated series. Mm -hmm. I loved that show. I still do love that show. If I could it's pull off show. Egon's uh, like crazy Pompadour. circle hair. Um, <laughs> it's so I, great. I love it so much. And. I know it was because they needed to do a radical change because they couldn't get the likeness of the actors. But like, what a wild choice for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I still regularly think about 
the context of Ghostbuster stuff, like when they pull out the PKE meters in the mm-hmm. movie, they don't look like they do in the cartoon. It always takes me a second to remember that. Oh, yeah, that's what they're supposed to look like. And the cartoon made them look completely different. Yes, I had the proton pack. I had the trap. I had all of these things. Uh, and though I don't I often, had the trap. Uh, and though I don't often talk about it a lot, I had the firehouse, dude. I had the firehouse. It was so dope. Um, Ooh, you were that kid. You're the kid who's like, I wanted to play at their house because they had the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I legit, I legit was like, not my only reason, but like when I found out this one kid had of the firehouse, I made friends with him so that at some point I could play with that firehouse. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. There, there's something about Ghostbusters. I got a really nice Mondo screen print poster on my wall. Um, the Ghostbusters is kind of low key one of my favorite franchises of all time. I, I should pull this out. It's right behind me the whole time. I have my. Hasbro Transformers Ecto One that it sits Not behind that one me too. On, sits behind me on uh, on my recording space when when it's I record. A, but, still uh, one of their better crossover toys. Oh, it's great. Uh, so anyway, uh, so when it comes to their the criticism, well, maybe we should move out of spoiler territory. Um, but uh, no, this isn't really spoilery. Uh, this movie is focusing focuses on kids. If you've seen the trailer, you can tell that that two kids including the one of the ones from Stranger Things are the main characters of this movie. And there are people that will compare it to the original and say that that's a bad thing. But as someone who grew up with the original and who grew up with that cartoon, this just continues the 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 joy. I, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really dug this. Uh, I think it is a next step and I hope to see more. Uh, but let's get into it. Um, so here is the spoiler klaxon. Um, again, spoiler horn also broke hit it a little too hard last last week spoiler siren can't get somebody to look at that until april at the earliest so here's the spoiler klaxon sorry it's not quite as cool it's like the the third string guy right now i'm gonna keep this joke going for as long as possible just because i can already see miles's uh eyes rolling in the back of his head i I thought you were building up to actually having something on the soundboard as a surprise and i was gonna be very happy about that and then you just kind of <laughs> let it peter out and I'm like oh no this is real life my life's a joke um <laughs> there is no happiness <laughs> so here we go spoiler klaxon everything after this is going to be spoiler times so if you've not seen ghostbusters afterlife which uh conveniently february 1st right after this episode drops is going to be when you can rent it you don't have to buy it anymore so a more, much many more people will get access to it uh, so here we go Spoilers! 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 Man, I hate that klaxon. It's not good. It is not a good klaxon, and I need to, get, <laughs> need to get the spoiler siren repaired. <laughs> um. So, so, uh. Anyway, spoilers from this, here. This on movie now. takes place in real time, uh, as many years. After 1984, it takes place. Well, I guess the the amount of years that I am after Ghostbusters, because I was born, I think, like the month Ghostbusters came out, it was the number one movie when I was born. Yeah, what was that? 80... 84. 84. I mean, I was I was also 84. So yeah, we are as old as Ghostbusters. Because they make a point to talk about 1984 in in this movie of one of the events, of the original film, and so I I, I liked that and. I like the I like the kind of new but not new setting. Like I like I like not being in New York and kind of 
changing things up and giving this, I think, approaching Ghostbusters from a very different angle and an angle that the where the, the, the name Ghostbusters and the the kind of what the Ghostbusters meant is reawakened in the same way that the that the franchise is supposed to be reawakened. I th- I think for the next generation, I think this serves as that so well. And the story they tell, I think really in 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 what's the word I, I'm looking for? Uh embodies that. Hmm. So uh I, I will say I Oh, where to start with this? Because there are a few things that I will say there. I didn't like everything in this movie. No, there's a um, there's a couple of things. I mean, you can nitpick some stuff and I, I, I would probably agree with some of them. So I will say uh, just as as we set up this movie, it focuses on the family of Callie, Trevor and Phoebe, who mm-hmm. do not have a last name revealed until 57 minutes into the movie. <laughs> That's fine. I don't mind that. Uh, so what I, what I do mind is that we do know. We learn, we presume, uh, we see somebody that that has a face cast in shadow that passes away, who's clearly got some sort of Ghostbuster past going on. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is the idea that Egon could be an absentee father. Bothers me, just bothers me. I mean, I, I understand that, but also, I mean, if you think about Egon and the kind of like scientist he was, I can also very much see that, especially if he knew that the uh, the end of the world was was approaching and he was trying to stop it and no one believed him. Like if you add the idea of him being sort of kind of uh, mentally broken. I, I can easily see that. I, and I don't even think I mean, I, it is absenteeism, but it's clear that it was done purely because I need to keep you safe. Right. It, it's just it would seem to me that e- Egon would be the type of person who would be able to share that information before leaving where there's a lot said off camera well, and obviously a lot of this is well, because he says that he tried and that no one believed him including ray yeah and 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 we are of course you know harold ramus passing away that we are kind of at a disadvantage with right with we, we also like if you're going to use somebody how about someone who's not there um, but I will also say that I do really love the the moments where we the see well the payoff sure but the moments where we see the Egon's ghost uh, we're we're not supposed to to necessarily know that it's Egon's ghost but it's kind of obvious that it's Egon's ghost honestly if I hadn't if they hadn't said so early in all of the the promotional materials that this was Egon's grandkids that were starring in the movie. I d- seriously debated, are they going to bait and switch and it's going to be Gunzer? <laughs> no, it's 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 going to be uh, uh, Bill Murray's characters, <laughs> kids, oh. <laughs> because because, you know, Vinkman seems like a guy who might skip town. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I mean, I, I think that's I think that was what makes it so interesting. And I, uh, I, I so I didn't I don't think I read any of any of the promotional stuff. That they were Egon's kids, but I also stayed away from a lot of stuff. And so I didn't think they were going to kill Venkman. But like at the same time, I'm like when I was watching this movie for the first time, I, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he maybe they're Venkman's kids because he's de- yeah, he's definitely the kind of that would sk- skip out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's fine what they did. Um, but, you know, it, it 
they of course had the very touching scene where Callie goes into the, the, the her dad's her absentee father's lab and sees this entire uh you know just like po- like like court board of all of her achievements and all this stuff and and and, and little notes about how like he look it's a picture and he makes a note of how her face has changed like the number of freckles has changed and things <laughs> like that and that you know somehow warms her heart and she realizes that he he did love her after all and i don't know I, there's something about that rings a little hollow to me but you it, know it worked for me just because like her thing wasn't that he was gone but like even when they went in the house she said there's not even a photo of me he never thought twice about me and so I, I like the fact that like I, I don't know that scene actually worked for me a lot, especially when you well when we were skipping ahead so much. But when Egon's ghost does pop up, like for real, for real, I, I, I when I saw in the theaters for the first time like that, I, I got misty eyed. That one just really worked for me. And also <laughs> I also loved Harold Ramis. So that 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 was kind of like the same way that some people reacted to you, Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. Um Although I, I kind of liked how this was done a little bit better um, because he's a ghost. He can look a little uncanny valley. Yeah. And it's not a problem. Apparently and it's also done like he, he never says a word. He's only does a couple things. And because Harold Ramis was such a Ghostbusters fan, like such a fan of wanting to make this work. I look at it less as a uncanny valley horror than and more of a, a touching tribute, especially since the. Uh, director is the son of the guy who wrote Ghostbusters. Like he talked about being raised on that set. Uh, not, not to mention that Ivan Reitman uh, was one of the actors who played the onset uh, role of Egon before they did the CGI work to it, which just which is which is great. Which is a, it's, um, a, it's a fun moment. But I also loved like when when because uh, we need to talk about the the real main character of this movie yeah the actual story of this of this and actual, not well, <laughs> we need to talk about uh phoebe who is is honestly the the oh main character this this movie lives and dies by the power of mckenna grace as an actress who is an absolute powerhouse and and she was she was the star of one of my favorite movies of last year which was uh troop zero from amazon and she is just a tremendous actress and the gravitas she brings to this this role is I mean, her comedic timing is excellent. Her the way she's able to act with just some subtle facial emotions and just awesome comedic timing, awesome comedic timing. She is she's truly fantastic and has some of the best <laughs> terrible jokes <laughs> in this movie. But uh, but she also has some of the, the best jokes in this movie. Um <laughs> And especially when she, she stands up to Gozer and just does this little stand up routine of like bathroom joke book stuff. <laughs> and then Gozer's like, are you here to sacrifice yourself? What? No, I'm 12. And then she <laughs> stops for beat. Are you? And then, the, you know, they just hit the traps and stuff. It's, it's great. Great it's scene. She's she's so good. And 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 really this like. I looked this this actress up. Complete like I didn't look anything like I was surprised when I saw this like blonde haired kid mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of, of, of what Phoebe looks like, which is just. This- and she's been picking stuff like she's young Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel. 
and she's young Tanya Harding and I, Tanya. And again, like she was in Troop Zero, which is such a great, great movie. And <laughs> she's uh, obviously in a movie that, that I've seen, uh, Annabelle Comes Home, which is a really, really fun movie, a uh, horror film. But yeah, she's been picking up roles. Uh, she, I think she's going to reprise her role as uh, Daphne Blake in the second Scoob movie. I think that's a straight to streaming. Uh, Probably. Thing. Which is fine. I really enjoyed Scoob for what it was. It was a superhero movie, basically. Yeah, like but yeah, Scoob's she's right. she's good. she's got a bright, bright future ahead of her. She's, I think, only 15. And when uh, this was so. shot, I think she was probably 13 or 14. Yeah, because because this, of course, got pushed back. It was supposed to come out in 2020. So right. But yeah, she she is tremendous. And I mean, her comedic timing. I mean, this this girl goes basically toe to toe in comedic wit with Paul Rudd and comes out looking like a rock star. So let's talk about Paul Rudd's character, which I have to say, this movie is extremely brave for showing a a, a woman in, in the, the form of Callie uh, starting a romance with a much younger man. Oh, wait, Paul Rudd's in his 50s. What? <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that joke know, paid off for you miles because i didn't expect this laugh out of you. <laughs> but i mean that, 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 you look at that and you're like, you're like no, there's no way that man is 50 no that he he the dude doesn't age he is no he is the most unnatural thing in this movie that features literal ghosts well not literal ghosts but you know, ghosts. Uh, no, so- no, they brought back the dead for this film. That's that's how big of a production it was. <laughs> uh, uh, but I- yeah, she, I mean, she she Paul Rudd one is I, I feel like of anything that's the classic Ghostbuster sense. I'm I feel the movie, even if it's the script, but I feel like it wasn't just the script. It feels like the original Ghostbusters where a comedian is told just be yourself. Because uh was it gary gary glauberman gruberson gary gruberson is 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 not a character he's paul rudd inserted in ghostbusters and and the character of gary is supposed to be a ghostbusters fanboy who informs these people who have been kept information about their grandfather basically uh who who, and they also say like hey this happened 20 years before we were born yeah uh more than more than that But uh, but yes, so so he is the one who who brings up the the famous clips on YouTube. Of course, the classic commercial that are referenced in the opening of this episode is there. Um, and and I don't know. He's just the dude is so charming. I would love to not like Paul Rudd because. Man, no. I don't. But I don't. I will never. Not it's love it's Paul, Paul Rudd's world. And we're living in it. And and and, and she's so funny. because So he he's a seismologist who is apparently just moonlighting as a summer school teacher and showing kids uh vhs's of r-rated horror films cujo and uh... cujo and child's play are on display i think (laughs) carrie is mentioned i don't even know what they're supposed to be in but because i know podcast we haven't talked about podcast yet uh mentions a lab partner and to which so uh, phoebe's like i don't think we're gonna have labs but sure that's so uh, funny. I, I love when when they're talking about these earthquakes that have been happening, and Paul Rudd's explaining, you know, the the, the 
a wave of a, a volcano and a tectonic uh, earthquake. And her response is, yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way she says it, it like she's so good it just and i think but she's so good. she's so, she's so phoebe is so just like blunt in the way that certain very uh uh intellectually minded people are blunt <laughs> she know? is very much her grandfather's granddaughter yeah and, and that's what and to, to go back to to ghost egon to see to see Egon start to interact with her and play chess with her and do all these grandfatherly things with her. It's just like she is the next generation. He helps her fix all of the 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 tech that's in his lab. Like it's he's passing the torch, but he's not he's not passing the torch to the family. He's passing the torch to Phoebe. Well, and it's not just that, because this this movie does also function as a, a pretty fun coming of age adventure movie because Phoebe, which establishes, we established very early is very much the black sheep of her family. You know, she's not, she, and clearly doesn't have any friends that they mention a few times. She's very misunderstood. When she walks to school, her mom says, don't be yourself, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is done playfully. But the fact is she hasn't been able to connect with society and people as a whole. And through discovering who her grandfather is, she finally finds herself and finds somewhere she belongs. And I think that's a great story. I think it's brilliantly told. And again, it lives and dies by the performance of McKenna Grace. And I think that without her, this movie would still be fine. But without her performance, it is not the the heartwarming, just absolute charming film that that Ghostbusters Afterlife ended up being. <laughs> and so this is where I want to bring up uh, Phoebe's new best friend played by Logan Kim, a character that I really when I when I saw his action figure at Target thought, oh, God, they're really naming the character this. But no, he won me over almost immediately. I was wondering how much of that name would be a sticking point for you. I'm glad to hear this. No, the character podcast. I've never felt so seen by a by a movie character. <laughs> I mean, he really is kind of like every podcaster put into one. Thing. He's he's got a boom mic that he carries around, a shotgun mic. He's constantly recording. He he he's called podcast because he calls himself podcast <laughs> and he calls himself podcast because of his podcast <laughs> which really finds itself in the 43rd episode <laughs> <laughs> which when he said that it really what really finds its voice in the 43rd episode was just mwah. Oh, I yeah. love it. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that it's repeated later by Ray stance is the best <laughs> um no, he, he so and, and another child actor who is I mean, this is his first feature film and he rocked it. Absolutely charming. Very funny because he's also he plays that kind of that chowder, that chunk, that kind of goofy, like he, kind of not that he's dumb, but he's definitely the more accident prone. Oh, let me touch this button type of of friend. And. He is absolutely wonderful. He's very funny. He he drops some some bits like when he's watching Phoebe go back to her house for the very first time and realizes that she lives in the the dirt farmer's house, like is filming evidence in case she's never seen again. 
it's just it's very very fun very funny but i also love that that he's not just the the he's not just comic relief in that phoebe no he's great phoebe for all of her bluntness does have a little bit of a uh, uh like she gets angry at certain points in this movie and mm-hmm. and podcast is the one who stops her from doing things like shooting someone with a with a with a proton accelerator <laughs> oh yeah because she <laughs> I forgot about that scene so great because uh, i was you know kind of rooting for phoebe there <laughs> um and then to to round out the cast of of kid characters is uh, Stranger Things Finn Wolfhard as Trevor, who I was surprised how well they wrote as well because he is supposed to just be the kind of um, standard fifteen year old boy, and they write that so well, yeah, in, I, in in a way that I didn't like. Yeah, he's got a little bit of an attitude, but not the way that that typically Hollywood adults write teenagers. And I found that his not only the, the writing of the character, but obviously his portrayal. But I've seen him play characters so many times now that like I'm not surprised. But the fact that he's able to play this character so naturalistic and I, I really, really liked his stuff, too. He doesn't get as many zingers because, you know, Phoebe's the star, but he he definitely holds his own. Well, and and and, and they they operate as sort of different pieces of the the mm-hmm. Zetamore, uh, not Zetamore. That's Winston. The uh, <laughs> Spangler. Spangler. Sorry, I was looking. Ernie. I was looking at IMDb, and and Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson, is right there in in the middle of the page, and just my eyes focused on that. Uh, the the Spangler tradition, and that he's the one who fixes the Ecto one. Uh, he doesn't understand the importance of the Ecto one when he's doing it. He just wants a no, car. He, he just wants but, a car, and it's it's that that sequence is fantastic too. I uh, uh, especially when because the trailer you see the the Ecto one just like zooming through this this field, and you're like, oh, what's the what's what's the scene going to be about? And it's literally just Trevor Joyriding after finally getting the car to start. Yeah, but but it's I, also, I love that. But I also love that they played him not just as like the cool older brother. Uh, uh. No, exactly. He, when, when they first moved to, to this tiny little town, he sees a girl that he likes or thinks he might like. And he does his best to try to fit in. And he fails and, trying to fit in fairly but quickly. He fails in such a way that feels so realistic. Right. Like he fails. Like I've a hundred percent been in his situation in that movie. Like he fails by applying for a job and getting it. He fails by taking the job seriously and doing the job (laughs) because he's trying to impress (laughs) this person who will not be impressed by him doing that. And and that was something that I was really surprised to see with with his character. Um, Because again, very used to, to Finn Wolfhard in, Stranger Things, which I'm going to be honest, this movie borrows a little bit from Stranger Things in in in, in concept, but also, I mean, Stranger I'm going to bo- disagree, but I, I hate having this conversation, so I'm, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to go any further. I just uh, what I was saying, go on, go on. Stra- Stranger Things borrowed a lot from movies of the era that the original Ghostbusters was in. 
mm-hmm. mean, the season one or season two, episode one of Stranger Things, they're literally dressed in Ghostbusters costumes for Halloween. Right. And I, I just I always dislike when something just is some that stars a young a young ensemble. Oh, it's Stranger Things. And I'm like, well, no, there were young I mean, ensembles. It's a long before Stranger Things. It's a, it's and a, we'll be long after. It is a young ensemble in a small town that is haunted <laughs> that also that stars the same guy as Stranger Things. That's there are like saying to, Erie, Indiana is Stranger Things. <laughs> there, there were going to be comparisons simply because Phil Finn Wolfhard's name is attached now, yes, to Yes, I get that. With That's Finn Wolfhard, yes, it's it's it is impossible. I mean, but it happens all the time. Some people try to talk about it and having Stranger Things comparison, also having Finn Wolfhard, but also that book came out and was a part of the inspiration for Stranger Things. So, yeah, this, I don't know. I, I just I just just like the constant like I and again, Stranger Things is one of my favorite shows of all time. But I also dislike how a lot of stuff and it's usually more in a in a kind of, oh, I'm too cool for school. Oh, this looks like Stranger Things kind of thing. I just dislike that kind of um, shrugging off of something just because it has an ensemble young adult. I'm not, I'm not saying you were doing that. It's just it's something I've heard a lot. So so what I, I say that to sort of introduce this, that I have seen criticism of this movie that. It doesn't have the. The more adult humor of the original Ghostbusters, which it does not uh, because it's not focused on a bunch of dudes in their 30s. It is focused on kids and that it's also not as dark as something like stranger things starring the same guy. And I, I, I just, I, I'm sure that will bother some people. It didn't, it didn't bother me. I really, really, I like this way more than I thought I was going to like this. <laughs> um, I, I genuinely love, like until Spider-Man no way home. This was one of, I mean, this was in my top, I think this was my number three movie and then Spider-Man no way home kind of edged it out. Um, no like way, I, no I, I'm going to do that adored this movie it was one of my favorite movies last year um if we're not counting bo burnham's uh inside then it was probably my number two or three um it it was such a a joy to watch and and i gotta give some love to uh carrie coon who plays uh callie spangler the the daughter of egon who kind of gives me this for whatever reason the entire time i i'm getting like a tia leone vibe for she some was, reason, she was given off a little bit of that. I'm, I'm not super familiar. I, w- I was not super familiar with her work. Um, f- learned that she was I only Proxi- recognized her initially from Fargo. She was Proxima Midnight in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> One of oh, Thanos' wow. crew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, really? really? Oh, um, uh, uh, so uh, so that was that was wild. Um, oh, yeah. And, um, I, I know her because she's the she's the main character in uh she's the main girl she's um oh gosh never mind i, I lost it <laughs> i i thought she was the main girl in um something else but it's not her well uh, I, but I, I i think i think most people might know her from the leftovers which was a very very popular show that i think only ended like a few years ago uh it was an yeah, hbo was show but I, I remember that that show yeah got, getting a lot of love 2017 is when that show was but um so i do i do have to say there are i i'm gonna bring up a couple of things that i didn't love mostly it wasn't that i didn't love it it's that i just didn't can i can i guess one uh yeah 
Muncher. Muncher was fine. I, I didn't care about okay. Muncher. I, really, I, I kind of I kind of expected you to not care for Muncher. So I I I, I was like, is that slime? Is that supposed to be Slimer? Is this this version of Slimer? And then I, I I did read about Muncher that <laughs> Slimer was really gross and supposed to be scary and evil and mean in the original Ghostbusters movie, but then he became like the Dalmatian, the, Del- the Dalmatian <laughs> of the Ghostbusters cartoon. <laughs> so they didn't feel it appropriate to bring Slimer into this movie, so they created Muncher as sort of the new Slimer. Um, I really loved the effect that Muncher had when he would, uh, mm-hmm. when he would chew through things the the way it would kind of glow after it was, that was, I actually had no problem with Muncher. Apparently Muncher was voiced by Josh Gad in one of yeah. the many, That's... many, many celebrity cameos in this movie. <laughs> the one that, that blows my mind because it was not listed. I don't think it was listed in the credits and it wasn't until I think the weekend after the movie came out that it was revealed that Olivia Wilde was the was the on screen actor for Gozer. Yes, I, I saw I saw Gozer in the movie and I'm like, who is that? And I had the same thing, but I, I just figured, oh, they probably just got someone kind of uh, similar. And uh, she did not do the voice of Gozer. No, she did not. Uh, the The voice of Gozer was done by Shora Agdashlu, who uh, a lot of people probably know from uh, 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 that that space show, the, the Expanse. She is uh, she's a big part of the Expanse. Um, oh, OK. Uh, she is a uh, Christian Vasarala, one of the uh, the Earth ambassadors in that show. Um, she is the voice of <laughs> of uh, 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 the Destiny Two character that comes around every holiday. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, why can uh, I never Lakshmi. remember names? Uh, no, she's, oh no, she's Lakshmi, Lakshmi too. too. She's Lakshmi too. Sorry, she is. Uh, yeah, uh, she is also in uh, in Mass Effect as one of the. Uh, the so I wouldn't know that one. Uh, I mostly know her from House of Sand and Fog. Yeah. So, but so so yeah, she is the 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 uh, the voice, and there is a, a another a dancer named Emma Portner uh, who is part of the spirit form. <laughs> yeah. There 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 was a a uh, a trinity that created Gozer, and I I was so tickled. So initially, I was at first kind of a little disappointed in the Gozer story only because there was such a um I don't want to say scavenger hunt but just kind of breadcrumb of lead up to Gozer in the the PS3 Ghostbusters game where they kind of brought things back and like how I mean it was about Ivo Shandor but it was also about how how even the the librarian ghost that that passed and that's the, the beginning of the first film is like part of it and so bringing Gozer back initially I was like oh I mean I, I can see them doing this and then finding out like it's all Ivo Shandor I also love the comedy in Ivo Shandor being nothing to Gozer Yes. And also being played by J.K. Simmons. See, I, I did not realize that Ivo Shandor was a reference to previous Ghostbusters stuff that didn't click when I was watching the movie. So. It's it's I think it's only because I've just rec- I had recently been, you know, kind of brushing up and I, I was I bought the uh, the remaster of Ghostbusters on Switch. Mm. So uh, there, there was a little bit of that that I remembered 
And, so so, well, so and, the, 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 that's the thing to me is that Gozer and you know that Gozer's involved from the very beginning because the 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 monster that attacks Egon at the very beginning is very clearly a ghost version of one of the 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 hell Zool. beasts uh, that, that we see in the first movie. And while that's fine, I just I wish it wasn't Gozer. I wish it was something new and not a complete retread of the same I, thing. Or I, I wish it was something that was like connected to Gozer, but not Gozer. Like, I kind of wish they were like, you know, it was connected to Vigo and Gozer, but it was something else. Or just just some, something just a little a little unique. I understand why they went down this path. They, and, they, and, I'm, and like, I, I agree with your criticism, but I'm also not mad about it because like when like they when you, you read some of this stuff and uh, that that honestly that that Sophie or Phoebe recites about Gozer, it's pretty great. Like the character is fine, so I don't get mad. And then especially because you have this, you know, tit for tat with Gozer and Phoebe, similar to the original Ghostbusters on top of the Manhattan Tower. You're like, OK, this is this is fun. Yeah, um, I think some of the more obvious jokes they didn't need to make was, are you a god? It, it's fine. Like I laughed the first time I saw it. This the second time I saw it, I was like, I was like, it's still funny, but it's like it also feels like you probably didn't need to do this one. Yeah, because like everyone's like, remember Ray, and I'm like, <sighs> but then then Bill Murray kind of saves it with his like typical preamble with with Gozer, and and it works really well. <laughs> yeah, uh, and 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 outside of that, like the the Ghostbusters all showing up at the very end of the movie, it's like it's fun. <laughs> I'm glad they did it. It's, they it's really, still, it no, it's, it still hits home for me, honestly. They, need, they needed to. I don't know that they'll need to in the sequel, because I'm assuming this has done well enough for a sequel. I guess I don't I, really I, know. But. I hope it gets a sequel. I know that Sony was very, very happy considering this is still pandemic times, and I think they had very realistic expectations. And since Sony's other movie made uh, all the money in the world, yeah, um, uh, I don't. I don't think they're particularly upset. Uh, so I am sad that Rick Moranis did not have an appearance in this movie. Um, would have liked to have yes. seen that. If they're going to get I, everybody I, I, I else seen. I think his his sticking point was, I think initially was, if everybody comes back, I'll come back. And then this was when he kind of retreated back into his, you know, uh, kind of retirement. Although he Disney coaxed him with some money, I guess, because he's coming back for uh, Shrunk. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see that. Uh, I, I am too. I I, uh, I nothing also, but love for Rick Moranis. I'm also a little sad that uh, we only get Sigourney Weaver in the post credit sequence. I am kind of curious if there wasn't some stuff that was on the cutting room floor for that. Um, because be. they had said early on that she was going to be involved. I mean, she, she yeah, they, she was heavily promoted uh when they started advertising this so stuff. i wonder if something was was uh maybe the script was redone or there's something on the cutting room floor because i would love that i i kind of wanted to see a little bit more of janine but at the same time i also think this movie's this movie's already two hours and four minutes you have to yeah so like, janine was just enough like you have to yeah you have to have them there in some connected tissue but the movie can't be about them and i do think that they accomplished right. that they balanced that very very well 
the original Ghostbusters did not come back and save the day. They came back and they helped. And they bought them time. They helped Phoebe and podcast save the day. Right. And I think it was very important for them to be the supporting role in that that moment. And and it's I, I so that's the thing is that it's still uh, that moment still works for me. Like when when seeing them in the suits again, despite the fact that, you know, especially one of them looks worse for wear. <laughs> one of them looks clearly older. <laughs> and. You know, it still works for me. I love seeing them in a suit. But honestly, I'll tell you what movie, what sound like kind of just like in my lizard brain just kind of makes me feel like a kid again is here. The second that uh, Trevor pops on the siren for the Ecto one and hearing that specific. Yep. (laughs) I just I'm like, oh, this is this is this is amazing. I love it so much. Between the sound of that, between the the sound of the 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 proton pack powering up the oh yeah it's 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 like, great wonderful and that and that's the thing about this movie it has so much working for it it's got a good coming of age story it's a fun adventure it's a pretty solid ghostbusters the next generation story and it gives you a lot of closure on the original ghostbusters timeline and yeah some people may not love to hear that like yeah but they didn't end in the greatest possible fashion but with those four individuals i also am like well I, you also realistically outside of a cartoon probably weren't going to end any other way. And not, not, I, not to mention that, that I, I have to say that this is really. And I know we've, we've talked about this, but I, I just, I, I, I completely f- kind of forget that this is like, we've talked about passing the torch in, in multiple ways. Jason Reitman has the torch passed. <laughs> from his father Ivan Reitman to lead the mm-hmm. next generation. It works on so many levels. I I just really hope that we get more because I think this you know some people like liked to disparaging say oh it looked like an Amblin film. I good. I'm for it. I like those kind of movies. And yeah, I get that it's not the 1980s Maverick comedies making this accent, the accidental family film. That's fine. Things can change. It is okay for things to be different. It's okay for Ghostbusters Afterlife to not completely mirror the first two. It's not taking anything away from them. And I mean, the thing is, I say this as as if there's some great defense. The fan response has been largely exceptionally positive. Yeah, it's gotten some mixed reviews from critics. But again, I think that's because critics are comparing it to the directly to the original and the comedy of the original, which. Yes. I mean, I hate I, I don't mean any insult to the cast of Ghostbusters Afterlife or the crew of Ghostbusters Afterlife, but you're not going to beat the performance uh, from a comedy in the 1980s of of Ramis and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. You're just not going to do that. Sorry, but uh, I, but I don't want to say I don't want that to come off as a dig on this movie because this movie is really, really good. I, and I remember it, I, I compare it closer in my brain to the cartoon that was for kids younger i'm glad you said that because we get to see one or two other ghost designs and they feel like they were ripped straight from the cartoon 
like in in the passing scenes of the town after Gozer is back, like you see this one eye monster and a couple like one or two other ghosts in passing. And they look like designs that came out of the cartoon because the cartoon had these wild creatures. Yeah. And I, I agree this. This feels like the closest thing of marrying the real Ghostbusters cartoon to the live action Ghostbusters franchise. And and the ending of the film uh because you've got this great post-credit sequence of, well, a second post-credit sequence, because apparently uh, Sony uh, is sticking with that Marvel uh, touchstone. <laughs> you've got Winston, I guess, clearly buying the the firehouse bat because they mentioned that it had been turned to a Starbucks or something. But he's got the firehouse. They are are basically putting the the Ecto-1 back in and then you cut to a scene that's kind of panning over the bridge and you hit, you hear the siren and uh, uh, what looks to be a restored Ecto one, you know, going down the the highway. Well, with and the, it, the siren going and it, and it closes on the the flashing light associated with the vault in the basement. Yes, which is also great. I was very much a fan of of that because it's like, OK, they have they have more gas in the tank. I mean, and that's the thing is, and you mentioned this where I can see why how you could look at this as almost like a pilot because it is rebooting the idea of a Ghostbusters and you spend more time reestablishing the new Ghostbusters status quo than, you know, just like Ghostbusters 2, where it's just it's busting ghosts and ghost stories time. This one is is kind of a little bit of a slow burn in that respect, but at the same time, like this does kind of set up for, oh, you could do something else. And gee, wouldn't it be great if it was a TV show for Ghostbusters? But I I, I would I would absolutely welcome another one. I know that uh, Ackroyd is, has expressed interest in having the Ghostbusters reprisal roles in what well, he says up to three sequels. Ackroyd's <laughs> <laughs> always been one of the ones to, to, to be after the sequels, though. Ackroyd was, I mean, as much as Ramus, he he and Ramus both were gung ho about Ghostbusters. And I mean, Ghostbusters is like Ghostbusters. The 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 franchise is kind of Ackroyd's baby. So. I I can see that. Um, and I would I would love to see them do something else, because, I mean, clearly, you know, obviously the Spanglers could move back to the city. Uh who knows? But I mean, Winston's done very well for himself. He could <laughs> he could sponsor more, you know? Well, yeah, because he's been sponsoring Ray for apparently 37 years, something like that. <laughs> uh, so, so, Miles, I feel like we have we have about talked ourselves out of this. Uh, final thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. I, I mean, I, I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's it's so fun. It's it's charming. It's I mean, I'm, I'm just re- restating stuff I've already said, but I, I think that out of the possible Ghostbusters threes you could make in 2021, this is probably the best you could do. And I don't mean that in any sort of bad way. I, I think McKenna Grace is an absolute rock star of an actress whose character and portrayal of the character absolutely are the heart and soul of this film. Agreed. Uh, And my final thoughts, Bustin like this movie makes me feel good. All right. I, I honestly, I'm so happy that you dug this. Cause I was honestly going to be really, really bummed out. If you didn't like this movie, 
<laughs> because I do know that you're a Ghostbusters fan. And, you know, we both bought the the over overly expensive uh, Transformers Ghostbusters crossover uh, action figure. Actually, that thing wasn't uh, that expensive. It was only like 35 bucks. I thought it was 65 bucks. I don't remember it being that expensive, but you know, I thought it was 35 bucks for the whole time. So that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it might have been 65. Um, Oops. Um, anyway, so I feel like if it, be, I feel like it was 35, I would have felt less weight getting it, but I, I, I don't have to, I'll have to check my, my bank. Um, but yeah, I, we're both big, big ghost heads and I, I'm glad that we both really enjoyed this movie. It's an absolute blast. I have enjoyed almost every iteration of the ghost. No, I have enjoyed every iteration of the Ghostbusters franchise. So bring on more Ghostbusters extreme. What about the extreme Ghostbusters? I actually, there's some really good stuff in there. I I, I barely remember it. I I didn't like, I think the title was stupid, but like, if you get past that, there was some neat stuff. (laughs) <laughs> maybe we'll talk about the extreme ghostbusters one day on the show because I, I i have it's been so long and i have to revisit that anyway let's talk about what we're doing uh next month on the more you nerd so one thing that drew and i have talked about for a while is the our fascination with the fact of that there are animated shows based off movies that probably shouldn't have an animated show and I'm not talking about like Disney having an Aladdin show and they're actually being one for almost every animated Disney film during the 90s. I'm talking about movies that make you kind of turn your head and squint a little when you see that it's been announced as an animated show. And it's going to be an interesting month because there are a lot of these weirdos out there. Um, however, Drew was thwarting me at every turn because he's like, oh, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. So we're we're going to have to, like, spend a month with our friend Travis at some point and make him watch some of these feature films because some of them might make you turn your head. But we are going to start next week with the 1989 Karate Kid, the animated series, which you can currently stream for free on Crackle. You know, Cobra Kai gets a lot of love, but it was not the first Karate Kid series uh, so yeah. this one is going to be interesting. Uh, we are only going to watch the first three episodes. We're not going to break our backs on this one. We just want to get a little taste of Karate Kid. Yeah, the anime um, series. Have you ever seen or even heard of this Karate Kid show before we started looking into this? Uh, no, I had I I I, yeah, I was surprised when you brought it up when we were planning uh, earlier oh, today. Awesome. Um, I think I have only known in passing when I've done research for the similar topic before, but uh, I I thought I knew I knew what it was, but I was confusing it with the Jackie Chan show, mm. <laughs> um, his his animated cartoon. So I, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if it's going to be uh, there's a tendency to take the concept of a movie and give it some weird sci fi plot or some weird fantasy plots. I have no idea what to expect from the Karate Kid animated series. I'm just assuming and crane am, kicks every episode of crane kick. I'm I honestly I bet that's just part of the credits you have. Maybe that that kind of sunset image from the first film. And maybe that's it. Maybe, well, maybe Daniel has retained more karate in this movie because he seems to forget at the beginning of every movie. <laughs> well, we'll see next week, Miles Uh it. 
in the meantime, gang, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com. You can email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd and go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd. Uh, let us know. We've gotten some emails in. We really need to, to talk about some of those on air, uh, but sometimes we just run out of time in our episodes. Yes, but we had that. We read them and we very much appreciate them. And we will we'll, we'll, maybe we'll start implementing a little mailbox at the end of each episode. Yeah, that'd be fun as we get more more emails back because because, hey, we, we took a little break. You know, we're, we're still building back up. But uh, yeah. uh, for now, we end the show as we always do with a rousing. Nerd. Out. out.